What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzin' with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. All right, y'all. It's Friday. Friday of the 2021. Obviously, we ain't closing our eyes and blink that 2020's gone. Um, obviously, it's not like, oh, we thought the mask and everything's going to be gone away right off the rip. No, but I feel like we're in the right direction. We're in a good spot now for a change. Good spot of seeing something new. Uh, just patience people patience i mean i know some of us are sitting there like man i can't wear this mask much longer i cannot do it but you know what we're just gonna have to ride with it and big thing this weekend guys we got playoffs this weekend um i'm gonna tell y'all my pick so far i'm gonna go with the tennessee titans i gotta go with my good friend derrick henry uh his team he's been balling this season he has been carrying this team, and man, Tannehill and Henry have been a great duo. The receivers have been stepping their game up. The defense has been rolling with it. Everyone thought Tennessee was going to be a one-hit wonder last season that went into an AFC championship game and lost, but they went there, and everyone's like, that was it, that's it. No, nah, man, don't give, don't doubt these boys. These boys are coming in here for a fight. And I think Tennessee's really going to be knocking on some doors this weekend, especially when they play the Baltimore Ravens, which last year they played the Ravens in the playoffs, and the Ravens were projected to win very highly. It was not supposed to be a close game, and the Tennessee Titans came back and beat these guys. So obviously it's going to be a little personal vendetta to some scenario on that, but we're going to see what really happens in the playoffs. Uh, question is Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady going to be able to do it? I say it every week, whatever. Is Tom Brady going to be able to win it without Belichick? Uh, I want to say congrats to Tampa Bay on making it, but I do not believe Tom Brady's going to win it with Bel- without Belichick this season. Uh, maybe, maybe in the future, but I do not see it this time. Um, also, I want to let everyone know later on tonight... I know we're publishing this episode today, but also I will be publishing my uh, episode with my good friend Marcus Jerry on my unbiased opinion of Marcus and Marlo. We are going to be doing our playoff predictions for this weekend. Um, So y'all look, stay tuned for that tonight. It will be published pretty late. I'm sorry to tell y'all folks, it's going to be published pretty late just because yeah, I mean, we still got to record it. So, obviously, got to get it in. We're going to say our projections, and we're going to really have some fun. That one, I'm going to have a lot of fun um, with just having a good chat with Marcus Jerry. We have a blast. Blast, folks. And it's not just talking about sports. We talk about COVID. We talk about school. We talk about marriage, which marriage... Our marriage episode is actually one of the top episodes right now on Buzzing with Marlo in general. Um, everyone has given us great feedback about that one. We have had so many downloads just on that episode. I mean, it was crazy to believe just 
how well that went. I mean, just having two different opinions of a guy that has been married for three years to a guy that's been married for 10 years and just some good facts about what we have encountered in our marriages and what has helped us with our marriage and what's been something that has not helped us with our marriage. But I mean, it was just a great chat, great blast uh, time. I mean, if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. Go check it out. Um, it's going to mean the title is Two Wrongs Don't Make a Right. And I mean, it was such a good one, such a good chat. And I just want to thank everyone that has downloaded and listened to it so far. Um, iHeartRadio, um, that one's been a real big hit. I will definitely say it. that one has been a very, very big hit. But today, I will be joined with Keegan Murphy, a.k.a. my buddy, Duke Stangs. Before you laugh, before you laugh, he is a professional wrestler that obviously he did not go too long. I mean, yes, the guy, when you hear the nickname Duke Stangs, he was a giant piece of poop. But let's just put it this way, guys, for professional wrestling, if you come into training school, obviously you're going to come up with a gimmick, a.k.a. your character, um, who you're going to be, who you're going to portray in wrestling. And, I mean, it's really hard to do sometimes. It's really hard to figure out who your character is going to be and what it's going to be about and how you're going to show it out to the world. Uh, obviously... <laughs> Keegan got an idea that a lot of people probably wouldn't have done, and I still and one thing and I, one thing I wanted to put him on here for is he he took us a, a gimmick that literally, obviously what we call in wrestling a job or a gimmick, and made it something monumental. He made it to his own way, and more importantly, guys, he was over, and. We're going to talk to him about literally what gave him the idea of wanting to do this character. We're going to talk about what experiences he's had in the training when he was training in the professional wrestling background and um, what he's experienced in wrestling in general and um, what caused him to basically part ways. Obviously, when he was going a little bit further in the wrestling character, Duke Staines, he was slowly getting away from that and almost coming up with a new idea. And uh accident happened, which is very well known to happen in wrestling. You never expect it, but it's going to be there eventually. Uh, it doesn't matter what happens to your body, whatever. You're going to get hurt in wrestling. I mean, it's rough to say on some things, but you it does hurt. And it's not for everyone, but... So when we come back, we're going to talk to Keegan Murphy. All right. I know people go to gyms day in and day out trying to find a way to get in shape. They also told by personal trainers to lose weight is to be on the treadmill. You do that for so much and they don't get the results. If you are the person that I am describing, go check out Vector Fit. I mean, is. Check out Thomas Hatton. He is a trained personal trainer. He is a nutritionist. He writes down your workout plans. He gets you the result that you are needing. And even better, guys, I know we have that hard word that's the word dieting. And let me tell you, he brings a whole different level to that word. It is not just you not eat cake, you don't eat anything. No, he brings out what you really need for your body. He puts a training program specifically for your body. So check out Vector Fit at Facebook at Vector Fit. You can also check him out on Instagram at Vector Fit. Um, and also, if you need to, if you're not really fond of social media, you can also call him at 904-548-8479. That is 904-548-8479. That is Vector Fit in Yulee, Florida area. Thomas Hatton, y'all. So, if y'all want to change your body, hit him up. Out there, like, you know, you have that, that idea in your head that none of it hurts. It's all, you know. It's all just a fake made up game mm-hmm. that, that everyone does. But then you come out there and you take your first bump and it's it's something else. It hurts. Like I wanna I wanna know, did you uh did you uh get a little scared at first when you first took your first bump or you just took it with no problem? 
Um, I was being cocky, and I, I, I took it way quicker than I probably should have and didn't do all the things that he told me to do. So I took my mm-hmm. first bump and hit my head quite hard. Oh, you hit your head the first bump? Yeah, it was a it, it was an experience because then I was scared to take you know my second bump. <laughs> was I out there when you took your first bump? Um, I don't think so. It was just me and Chris, and I want to say Noah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, dang, man, you hit, you hit your head on your first bump. Yeah, it was not a good time. <laughs> so, um, so what did he teach you? What What did he tell you how to like how to take that bump? Like he tell you basically. Just basically feel like how someone swept over you in your feet and you just fall and yeah. just chin tucked yeah. in. Yeah, that's what he told me. And so you just took the other way and plumped the head. Basically. Yeah, it was not a good time. Oh, man. I remember the first time I hit my head. I remember <laughs> it's actually the saddest move I ever took that I landed on my head. It was a freaking um, it was a sunset flip. It was my first time taking the sunset flip. I went to go over. I extended way over because Chris used to get in my rear end about, hey, man, I need you to go up, not just over. I need you to go up in the air. Make it look pretty finesse out there. So I went to go really high. So when I went to go down, I kind of like sat on my butt. But somehow I landed. I I flipped twice on a sunset flip. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's talent right there. That's all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> it was it was scary because the way I landed, I I said, uh, yeah, we're not going that high again. <laughs> like I was in there with less, and it was just like, yeah, we're not doing that again. Like it was it was pretty rough, but that was the first time I landed on my head. So that was your first bump, and you already landed on your head. Yeah, it wasn't. A- so, um, how many times did it actually? get you to actually start getting the flow for a while um i want to say like towards the end of my first like couple hours being there i finally took a bump that like you know it hurt but it it wasn't like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like i don't know scary you know i finally got that but it took me out probably i want to say probably close to a month before i felt like i was like kind of getting into a flow where like things made sense you know Mm-hmm. So, um, talk to me about, uh, what, what wrestlers did you look up to, to actually make you want to do this? Uh, oh, mine were mainly, mine was mainly rock, mm-hmm. uh, Randy Orton. I really was a big Randy Orton fan. Um, when I started wrestling, I got into Tim Horton and Brad Armstrong. And <laughs> the funny thing is since I started wrestling, I didn't really watch the guys that I was so all about when I was little because I was all about The Rock. But, man, when you watch his matches, they were very simple. They were very powerhouse, easy, finesse, boom, boom, boom. And the matches I had to watch were the the guys that could dance for 30 minutes almost. And um, you experienced it a while. It took me a – I mean, I I had to really take some challenges on it because – Chris had me up to a level that he wanted me to be the guy that he could put in the ring and I have a show stealer with every single time. And yeah. um, <laughs> it was a tough challenge at first. When I, when I was working with Les, it was the easiest thing in the world because, I mean, the crowd just fed off of me and him. So talk about when you first got to actually do a wrestling match. How was that? And who was it with? My my first match was actually against uh, old Frankie Morris. Oh, it was against Frankie. Okay. Yeah, and it was uh, you know, it was just we we got out to the ring and he was you know being cocky, turned away, and I you know slept my thunder room for the one two three, and it was that, and then he you know gave me a beating that I definitely won't forget. <laughs> was this in the show or was this actually like your your? first training match. No, that was a show. First. That was my first show. Oh, that was just, oh, yeah. Dang, dude. That tells you how well my memory is. I, I totally forgot you beat Frankie. Yeah, it was a it was something. That's, I mean, hey, you got your first match and your first win. You know how long it took me to get my first win? Oh. I had four matches in before I got my first one. Uh, my wife and my son and her family and my family 
I think it was in Fernandina when I first wrestled Les. That was my first win. Right. Out of four matches, that was my first win. Um, I mean, it, I didn't. I mean, when you do this, when you're younger, you think about win and losses. Like you think like, like how the Jaguars and stuff like that. That's a big deal. But when you actually do it, it's not really about that. Like no, at all. Yeah. I mean, wrestling teaches you so many things. It's just like okay. You have to show respect to the guys that have been there. So obviously, you come in first thing. You're probably not gonna win matches all the time because you got to earn these matches. And that's one thing I remember when I first wrestled Les. Les gave me a beating on my life, but it made me show like, hey, you earned that win. You basically got my respect type scenario. Mm-hmm. And I think wrestling. It's like a give and take type thing. So honestly, it's like if you go out there, do what you got to do. Yes, the show's predetermined sometimes, but they're entertaining. And our goal is to make sure the crowd can never, never really dictate who's going to win or lose in the match. Yeah. And that's actually the toughest challenge, I think, in wrestling. And everybody asks me, what's the toughest thing about being a wrestler? I would tell one stepping in the ring and taking your first bump. And if you could do that and continuously keep going, then the biggest thing I would tell you is how to basically play a front, play a front to basically show, hey, even if you're not winning that match, you have to show that crowd that you're not going, that, you, that you're going to go out there and give it everything you've got. You're not just going to go out there and be like, oh, man, I'm losing, so guess what? I guess I'm going to just lay back, just – take two bumps, whatever, take my little spot, and then think, okay, the crowd's going to be entertained. No, you have to go out there and perform. Yeah. And, I mean, in most matches, and as a babyface standpoint, I feel like for a babyface to really get a crowd moving behind them is matches that we lose because that's the time – that's really the most challenging, I think, is to tell teach a crowd to go, okay – I got to get behind this guy, even though I'm losing. I've got to get this crowd on my back and be like, man, this guy's got it. This guy's got it. This guy's got it. And I mean, that I feel like is the hardest factor of being a professional wrestler. And so I want you to talk about the time that you learned how to actually not only put together a match, but what a storytelling aspect was in a wrestling match that you realized after you started doing it? It's kind of weird because, like, storytelling-wise, why I was, you know, my persona was easy because it was, you know, I was a, a goofball. Like, I, it didn't, it didn't really, it seemed to, like, it didn't really matter. So I was going to do whatever came to my brain, uh-huh. you know. That's, that's what it looked like. So storytelling in that aspect was easy. But when I was training with you guys in the ring on, like, you know, on Sundays, it's like when it's just us and trying to story like like tell a story then when it's just us out there that honestly is the most difficult because there's no one there to tell your story to it's just you and the guy other guy in the ring ring, you know Mm -hmm. so it's a little difficult i think the i think the most irritating thing i remember a lot of people had when we did our training sessions on sundays is uh my matches would always be the same if i'm playing if i'm wrestling a big guy okay you're gonna do this spot you're gonna do this I never really changed it up because that's what you're supposed to do in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Make something that make it more believable. And obviously, if you can tell that story more, it gives that person the out. It gives that person more confidence to be like, you know what? If we screw up, at least we got this option to actually pick up on that spot. Yeah. And I remember when I worked you a couple of times, you you were nervous, but you understood what you still had to do. Yeah. And I think the biggest I think the biggest problem you had when you first started which I think it is you were so worried about the spots. Like you were so worried about doing the moves that you were supposed to do and not necessarily remember how to kind of like show the selling part because, I mean, it's a violent theatric. And you have to show that crowd that, hey, when someone lands on your leg, you better be selling on that leg like where you're basically barely able to get up in the in the match during the whole show. Like when I would take this, like if someone take my leg out, when I do a drop kick, 
it'll take me a lot longer to get up because you have to tell a story with that scenario. And I love how you say you were still a goofball. It was easy to way to tell your story on some things. But yes, that point, but the best thing I loved about the show, like the, the company that we were in, it was old school wrestling 101. Mm-hmm. It was always storytelling. It was always, it was always basically a simple match, but with a very good effect to it. I mean, when you won with that schoolboy, did you expect a lot of fans to be screaming for Duke's things? Oh, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I, I'm not trying to laugh on this, but man, I give you props to actually do that character. Not only when the wear that onesie. That was brown. I still don't know how you got a hold of that type of thing because I have never seen one like that. And knowing that I'm blindfolded wearing a mask, but the character that you had, all right, man, just talk about it. So what gave what what all transpired for that character? Um, I had an idea for a character sort of like Dolph Ziggler to where it was like a show off and Chris was telling me that that was a good idea, but he didn't know that if I could pull it off yet because I, you know, I wasn't comfortable in my own feet yet. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah. well, let's try to do something where you're not exposed. No one knows who you are. It's like, okay, that's a great idea. And then I came back the next week. He's like, so do I have an idea for you? It sounded like a really bad, like three o'clock in the morning infomercial about Duke Staines, a, a character who's literally a giant piece of poop. Like, <laughs> And it just, I was like, you know what, if this is the best, like, you know, you're training me. If this is the best way that you think that I can get comfortable, then this is what I'm going to do, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you did it. I, I give you props on it because dude, that is, I, I would have told him flat out, be like, yeah, I not doing that. (laughs) I I've had ideas where he sat here and told me, hey, I want you to try this and that. And I'm just kidding. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work, man. Like, <laughs> for him to come out with the character that he did for you and you to agree to it. And, I mean, you you did it. I mean, you pulled it off. And I remember the first thing I asked him, I was like, so what's his entrance music going to be? <laughs> oh my gosh that was we it was like i'm pretty sure it was my first match and we still didn't know what my entrance music was gonna be uh-huh. and we're sitting there and we're going through all the music that we had on the computer and we we landed on the sanford and sons intro and it was just uh it, it worked and people thought it was funny so i mean then we went with it after that I, I the one thing that blew me away is when the crowd was still behind you I mean, okay, the crowd understands it. I mean, if the crowd likes it, and I remember me and Daniel were talking in the back, and Daniel was like, is he really coming out there with that character? I was like, yeah. He's like, I don't know what Chris convinced him. He's like, Chris better told him he's winning the heavyweight title next week. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I mean, it worked. so what what all came with the ideas for the costume and everything? Did you come up with that idea or? Oh no, that idea was one hundred percent Chris because, you know, I was I was growing my hair. <laughs> I wanted to be like I wanted to be like a Dolph Ziggler type character. You know, I wanted to show off. I wanted to be kind of a dick, but this is what he came up with, and he thought it would work best. So that's what I went with. So you wanted to yeah, be a heel? I did. Yeah. <clears throat> what made you want to actually become a heel? Um, I've, I've like, it's weird because my favorite wrestlers of all time are Jeff Hardy and Goldust, and those characters are not really heels. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Goldust was a very yeah, for, big heel yeah, in the 90s. for a little bit, yeah. And but I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, just trying to think, like, you know, I, I feel like I would have more fun as a. And that's really where, uh-huh. like, I have, I feel like I'm going to get more out of my time being a heel is really where it came from for me. But then being uh-huh. face, especially the face that I was, 
like I had a lot of fun, a lot more fun than I thought I was going to. That's for sure. Yeah, I remember when you had your first show. Uh, I didn't remember the match. I'm not even going to lie to you on it. I mean, when you take the fair share of bumps that we've had, you lose memory. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, luckily, dude, I've been in and out of it for two years now. and it, My memory is slowly getting better each day, but still, like, it, it, it's nothing like it. it. It's nothing like it at all. But I remember when you first – you were first set going to do this gig, and you said, whatever is going to get me to start being in the ring, I'll do it. Because I will say this, man, you always wanted to get in the ring. And that, that shows a lot of respect because I've seen some new guys that come in, and they didn't want to get in the ring right off the get-go. And luckily, we had two rings at the time, too, so you had double time to mm-hmm. learn stuff. Uh, I remember the biggest thing when I first started Chris had me – I didn't really get to bump a lot. I was outside doing chain wrestling for almost two hours each training session mm-hmm. with Eric, Alistair, um, the dogs, and Vernon Black. And I think Peck was out there too. And I was literally just doing chain wrestling with them for two hours. So be glad you got to get in that ring your first day because I didn't. <laughs> yeah it um I, I, yeah i know i was lucky in that aspect because i know that uh everyone was kind of surprised that i was in the ring because usually uh-huh. he's with everyone chain wrestling for hours on end until you 100 percent know what you're doing there before we even take your first bump yeah which one thing i'll say about chris is he's a masterpiece on that scenario obviously i have backlash with him on certain issues but he did teach, he does teach people the easiest fundamental way of becoming a professional wrestler and the main ways of being a wrestler but back to that scenario the old school scenario is the easiest way to tell a match uh when we talk about chain wrestling we're talking about headlock we're talking about collar and elbow we're talking about arm ringer we're talking about basically the simplest moves that you can do, leapfrog, into the rope, shoulders, tackles, I mean, just the simplest things. And when you started learning that, how blown away were you to realize that you could do a full match with just those moves? Because I know when we first do those, it gets very boring. I remember I used to get so frustrated all the time. I was like, man, Chris, I'm ready to get in the ring. Like, I'm, I'm ready. Like, I was I was out there when Jay Lee was in the training. I don't know if Jay Lee was fully there when you were there, but Jay Lee was already in the ring and stuff on me. And I was just like, man, I feel like I'm more aware than he is. And um, I started three weeks before Wrestle Bash, and I was back and forth, and I kept getting told, okay, we're gonna have you debut on Wrestle Bash. We're gonna have you debut, and I was so excited. Dude, I almost got fired. Because I called out trying to go to this show just to play security. So <laughs> I will definitely say your experience was a lot better than mine. <laughs> yeah, man. It... You got to go in the ring. That 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 that's a lot because most of us just had to do chain wrestling. No, I, I definitely didn't like... escape the chain wrestling because I definitely did that too. But I was just lucky on my first day to get to take a bump. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So um. How long did it – so you said it took you like a month to actually get into a flow Yeah, because I felt like I was like – I don't know. Everything was kind of choppy and not like fluid at all and trying to even just, you know, mm-hmm. do chain wrestling and bounce off the ropes and do small stuff like that. Just do an old school match with somebody. I felt like I still wasn't like comfortable. And then when I finally mm-hmm. got comfortable is when I started being able to, you know, change this a little bit, change that a little bit, experiment with this, maybe try a new move here, you know, just be able to grow off of what I knew. Mm-hmm. So I know you wrestled Frankie for your very first match, and I and I think your first training match you did with Frankie yeah. also, right? What was that? Yeah. Um, how long – so how many matches did it take you to actually realize that, hey, I can, I can do this? I can do this match, and 
Now I don't need someone to just carry me through. I can do, I can hold my part. And that's one thing a lot of people don't realize is, is when you first start this, you got, it's basically, it's like a game, follow the yeah. leader. Uh, the veteran will be the one to carry you through. And I had very well experiences of working a lot of new guys, even though I was still very green at the time. So how, how long did it take you to actually realize, okay, I can do this. I got it. Um, For me to be able to get that far with like that, I think that maybe it took me probably like maybe two or three, four months, somewhere in there, like consistently being there two, three times a week training, being like, okay, you know what? I think I can do this. I think I can, I think I can, you know, lead a match, do this, you know, finish it out without stopping and looking like I'm thinking, you know? Because there are a lot of times, I know when I first started, I know that you wrestled with me, and I know that you could definitely attest to this, is where I would stop and have to, like, I would think, like, okay, what do I have to do next, you know? Because you, you're right, I am, I'm worried about the the big spots that we have to do. I'm not worried about everything in between. You're, you're like, and, and that's one thing I try to teach when I first, and I loved working with y'all guys, because I was still green, but I was still, I mean, y'all looked at me like I was there a lot longer. And, I mean, that group, y'all gave me a lot of respect on a lot of things. And uh, you would also ask me, like, hey, how would you like it? What did I, what do I need to do to fix? And I was, always, I was always open to try to help you out on it. And I remember the one thing that you would – I mean, at the time it would frustrate me in the ring, but I used to have a little bit more of a calm when it came – when we do the shoulder tackle and I tell you, all right, go wrong the road. You would look down at me, and it was just like you paused for a second because I don't know if you knew if you were going to jump over me or not. Like, you were so worried about which side of the rope am I supposed to go. And I was just like, go. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you got really well with it, man. And, like, I mean, no one's going to pick it up right off the get-go. Uh, my, hardest ma- my hardest move that I would take when I first started, believe it or not, and I know you will be shocked when I say this. I could give an arm drag to save uh, for nothing. Like, an arm drag it was the easiest move. I mean, that was my mm-hmm. big boost set. But taking an arm drag, I could never get over. And I know a lot of people would be shocked to hear that now. But, yeah, I, that was my toughest move that I ever had to do in wrestling was <laughs> learn how to it's, give an arm drag. that you say that because, like, <laughs> where I struggled the most was, like, I could take an arm drag all day, but I could not give one. And giving one is so much easier than taking nah. one. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when you would first start doing it, you would try to literally grip somebody's arm to throw them. And I was just like, dude, land on your butt, and yeah, it'll go like, over. Like, barely even have yeah, your arm out. I'm just take it over. Arms off, and it's like, you don't need to do all that. Just, just fall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think the two finesse – I think the three finesse guys that could really do an arm drag, I think was me, Dante, and Noah. Uh, we had those ones where we just fling our arms out. I mean, it looked like a nice little finesse out of it, but we're just literally having our arms out, and you're just flipping right over. And I remember you were – I remember your first time you tried to give me an arm drag, and I was just sitting there I'm like, what are you doing? Like, are you hugging my arm? Like, what yeah. are we doing? <laughs> I, can't, I can't jump over if you go and keep yeah, holding me like that. Yeah, I the whole way over, and I was but, like, well, that's not how that's supposed to work. <laughs> but, I mean, you, that's the thing, man. You learn from them. And um, I know – how long has it been since you – so how many matches did you have in Continental Championship? Um, I want to say – because I know I had, I had Frankie. I had Shooter. Uh, oh yeah, you did. I had two tag team matches with uh, Owen. I think his name was, and then I had one with you. So I think I had oh. five altogether, five or six. There you go. Um, what was what was your most memorable match that you've had? Um, I'd have to say, like, I'd have to say probably my first one, even though it was the shortest of all of them. It there's mm-hmm. it was. Just something about, you know, being able to get in the ring in front of people and, you know, show a character, a, a new character, nonetheless, that I'm by myself portraying. Like, there's something about that that just made it special, you know, especially that, that character that's ridiculous from start to finish. 
but people loved it for yeah, some reason. I, I was I, – I remember me and Daniel were in the back, and I remember even Jamie at the time. And Jamie was just like, this man's really going to come out there being a big poop. I was like, yeah. And, I, and when we heard the crowd's reaction, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I wasn't knocking on you on that, but I was just blown away that that character was over. And it didn't matter what you did. I remember when you did the spot in our tag team match was the – what was it? The yeah, titty I twister? did that twice, yeah. Yeah, you did the titty twister. And I remember that was my first time in the match, in the match with a, lo- mm-hmm. a landing. Yeah. And I think that was when I first came back from my injury. Because I remember I had my first injury around that time. Did you uh, do that match with Owen? Was it when we had that, uh, was it winner takes all tag yep, team match? That was whatever? It, yeah, that was when I was with Owen. Oh, yeah. So I was defending my title against all y'all. Yep, That's we right. Were first, we were the first that ones out. First. Yeah, I mean, but but for that experience standpoint y'all had, y'all actually were yeah, in there was, for a it while. Was, it was a like and, a surprising uh, amount of time because I know that we were only like a lot of eight minutes or something. We were in there for like almost three. So it's like we we were there for almost yeah. half the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the main thing I wanted to do was just get everybody involved. I didn't know I was dropping the title at that time, but I mean, I wasn't upset about it. I knew I was hurt. I knew I could barely wrestle a match. The funniest thing is, Everybody's blown away when we tell them now is me and Kikino were completely on the injured list when we were in that match. Yeah. <laughs> I was mad. I remember me and Kikino were in that tag match, and I remember the one thing that was memorable about that match was we worked the crowd outside of the ring. Like, obviously, Owen and I think – who was in the match with him in the ring? I think yeah, it was Donnie. It was was yeah, it Donnie, it was Donnie. And Owen? Yeah, and I remember we worked the crowd outside of the ring. I mean, for what we were given, the crowd was in, the, in entertained. And you came in there, you did your spot, and I mean, I think was was that your last match? Um, I think I, yeah, I think it, that was my last match because uh, after that, I was trying to do like I was in the works of like getting out of Duke Stains. And I was trying out new moves uh-huh. and trying to find a new finisher. And I tried out uh, Baron Corbin end of days. And I ended up in my head getting a yeah. concussion. And after that, I would, if that was, you know, I had two concussions in high school and that was my third. So I was like, it's probably not best for me to return back. Yeah. As, as much yeah. as I wanted uh, to, you know. Oh, trust me, dude. I remember when, when I got that curtain call on, I think it was when Annabelle was just born. Uh, I already had two injuries with my knee. And then when I go to the doctor and they look at me and go, hey, you might not make it to 50 if you keep doing what you're doing. Because I was trying to get a, a tryout with this main risk for wrestling company that I was doing because I went my own way my last mm-hmm. year. And um, I got a lot of heat for it, but – I, I wanted that choice. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just good in one area. I wanted to know how I really was traveling because this this sport is really hard to do for anyone. And it is based off of who you know in wrestling. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. You could be the best wrestler in the world. If you don't know the best contacts, you're not going to go far. And I went out there for a year. I mean, there was a lot of lessons I learned in it. I learned goods and bads at the same time. And the one thing that I always was respectful about CCW was there was storytelling in matches. Mm-hmm. There was there was really easy to understand matches where the match is simple most of the times, yes, but you could tell a story with them. And then when I started going on my own. I started realizing, okay, the storytelling is still there, but it's not there all the time. And, I mean. Yeah, it's not. It gets to a point. It's like a piss party for a lot of people. But, I mean, I went stuck it out for a year. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it because I felt like I needed to do it. I felt like there was nothing else really for me to do left in CCW. 
unless if I was going to get the heavyweight title. But the way I went out that way, I think I couldn't win out another way. Me going against Jamie McKinnon, even though he got disqualified, to get a win on him and take seven pile drivers. Yeah. You can't come back from that. Like, that's character killed, done. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing left for you there. That's for sure. And um, so I know we're at 30 minutes now. Um, so tell me, what did you learn from actually being able to be in the background, becoming a professional wrestler? Um, <clears throat> really, like, it's it's weird. You don't think that you're going to, like, appreciate and really like learn anything from those experiences but you really do learn a lot you know like getting to somewhere early setting up being there from 10 in the morning to midnight setting up breaking down oh kind of stuff. like you really do learn like you know you you played sports in high school i played sports in high school like there's there's a sense of teamwork there you know but like it's a different level of teamwork i feel like when you're getting mm-hmm. there putting a ring together throwing matches together, breaking down with each other until early hours of the morning, and then sometimes coming back the next day to go train again, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. it's a sense of camaraderie that you don't really feel, I feel like, elsewhere, and it's weird because, like, in wrestling, it's like, you know, you're your own person unless you're in a tag team. Like, you're your own persona. You're by yourself, but there's mm-hmm. still a sense of, you know, we got to do this together or else this isn't going to work. Yeah. I totally agree and with I that. feel like um, people don't see that on the outside. They see, you know, this person and this person against each other. Yeah, but both of them are working their best to make sure that they get to the end and tell the story that it needs to be told. So, uh, I'm, I gotta know. So, what was your family's reaction when you first told them you were coming out? Basically, being a big dupe. Oh, they they loved it. They ate it up. It, they thought it was hilarious. Everyone, all my friends were like, dude, this is this is fantastic. This is great. And like, at first, I was kind of like hesitant about it. Like, you know, I'm gonna do what I need to do to get in the ring. And this is what you're telling me I need to do to get in the ring. This is what I'm gonna do, you know. But like, there was a, there was a point mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks where I was like, am I doing the right thing? Am I am I, you know, <clears throat> am I flushing my career down the drain right now by doing this? You know, like, getting a big brown suit and coming out. No, nah, that's the same what we call pain or oh duty. yeah for sure yeah no 100 percent. it was like you know i gotta do what i gotta do and this is if this is what i gotta do this is what's gonna happen i remember you earned my respect in that match we did for the uh winner takes all alternative title match and um i don't think we went over a lot of it I remember I went over a little bit with Owen because Owen, I think that was his very first match, uh, his second match. Yeah. And um, he was really nervous. You necessarily weren't that nervous. I remember at that time, you knew where you were and you knew what what works for yeah. you. And that's one thing a lot of people got to realize when they do this. Anyone can do all the moves. Anyone can do the spots, but you got to do them at the right time and at the right mm-hmm. place. And that was my biggest problem. I had to learn a hard way. And I learned that my, my last year when I just went on my own <laughs> because now <laughs> I'm out of the ring for two years now. So that is the biggest thing I think people need to learn is anyone can do spots, but like, your matches were very simple and stuff, but they were over. And guess what? As a longevity standpoint, it would help. Yeah, that's for sure. It was a, uh, it was weird. Like even like my match with that I had with Shooter, like he just. I threw your props with that one because I really could never really do a fully good match. Yeah, well, with and that's buddies. I love Shooter yeah. to death, and I'm not gonna sit here and be on here and try to burn him or anything but uh shooter and me i think we had one good match in georgia one good match and then the other one we went all the way to tampa i i was so mad with him on it <laughs> but it just did not pan out so i give you a lot of props you actually had a very good match with yeah we just you know got in there took a couple bumps i was pissing him off he was pissing me off and then i started doing you know my duke stains thing started doing ridiculous stuff and then he 
he just you know he, he threw it to the wind and got out and left and it was it was a good match it definitely told the story you know it was when he was on his way you know being mm-hmm. a heel so like it, it worked and it made sense it was a good uh-huh. time. Uh, yeah, I can't complain about that match at all. It was, I can't remember where it was, but. Was it Abbeville? No, yeah, it was Abbeville. Yeah. You did wrestle yeah. in Abbeville a couple of times. Yeah, I think I wrestled in Abbeville three times. Yeah. Really? Because we went really? back there, like, I think three times. Yeah, all, all three times in one year. And then we went to, uh, That's right. where is that place that we go in Florida? Like, farther down south. Oh, yeah, you, Lake, Lake City. City. I, I wrestled in Lake City twice. Yeah. And then I wrestled in Hilliard once. I was more... We wrestled yeah. in Hilliard? Uh, it was the uh, Wrestle Bash. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was Callahan. Hilliard, Callahan. Yeah, it's somewhere <laughs> out there. I don't remember. Yeah, it was, it was Yeah, it was out there. I don't remember where, but. Yeah, I remember. When we talk about Abbeville, folks, um, that is a show – that is a great match card, but not the most fans. Yeah, I think there was like at most twenty five <laughs> people there. I remember they had me. Was that the show? The one where you were shooter? Is that the one where I was supposed to wrestle yeah, Jamie and just mm-hmm. show up? And I was. I will lead off with this part. I remember we went to Abbeville. I was late to the show. And I was shocked that Chris was not calling me going, hey, where are you? Like, I'm usually there early to do setups and everything. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my phone. It's like 3 o'clock. And I'm like, Chris hasn't even called me or anything yet. I'm either not booked or something's going on here. <laughs> so I remember I get to the building. He looks at me and he was happy as can be. And I'm like, so he doesn't think I'm late. Okay, why not? All right, yeah. we'll go with it. He looked at me and he's like, he holds my he puts his arm on my shoulder and goes, You know I love you, bro. And I was like, What? He's like, uh, I hate to tell you this. I know you were real excited about this and the way you promoted it, we actually got probably a crowd coming to this show for it. And he's like, But Jamie's out and you're working Logan. And I'm like, say what? <laughs> and the and the craziest thing is me and Logan never worked each other. So that was going to be a test for me. And I was like, so I'm wrestling a guy I've never been in the ring with. And I'm not even going to have an hour to even figure out what we're doing. Yep, pretty much. Okay, cool. Thanks, yeah. Chris. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, even just being in the ring with someone training one time, that will help. That will help miles and miles. And it's like, if you've never been in the ring with somebody, you I don't mean, know how they wrestle, you don't know how they hold themselves. Like, there's a lot that goes into it. And if you don't know that, then you're going in there blind, basically. But also, but I will say this too, though. It's also a good thing to do also. I mean, is it going to look the best? No. But it's a learning aspect because when when I wrestled Logan, I preach about it all the time. I learned a different style of wrestling. And because when we're in Florida, we only know a certain type of wrestling. When we go out and expand a little bit and you see the Georgia area and stuff like that, you see the arm drags are not the way we do ours. Uh, there's just kind of like an awkward arm choke slam. And um, I remember when, when I did that spot with Logan, everybody looked at me and goes, you let Logan choke slam you? I was like, no, it was arm drag. He's like, that looked like a choke slam. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just you learn so much. And I think that's one thing that I preach about – with people about going to a good re- or going to a good training school is learn how to wrestle. If you're going to want to do that, you've got to do a training. You cannot just go and say, "Hey, I'm going to go to a federation and get signed and be good on it," because you will get exposed, regardless of what style it is. Because it's a lot that goes into a training school. It's not just learning how to wrestle. It's learning how to do ring psychology. Mm-hmm. Read a crowd. Uh, basically, act. I mean, that's a big word for it. Act, but make it as your own. Don't make it seem like you're just a different character. Like you're trying to make this crowd believe in you. If you're a heel, it's so easy for someone to hate you. Um, 
I remember when I wanted to be a heel, and that was definitely not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> there was never going to be a chance for me to yeah, be a not, heel. Not with so that I character just, at all. I I actually had an idea with it. I thought when if I was came back, I was thinking of being a heel, but uh, everyone kept telling me it was not going to happen. The money is not going to be the same if I did it because the character was a very big, big baby face scenario. And you were right under me for a little bit too. And I remember you, uh, you started getting a really good fan base. I was, I was always wondering what merchandise we were going to sell for your gimmick at first. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you went out there, man, you did what you had to do. And, um, I don't know how long it's been. Do you still watch wrestling regularly? Or um, I, I haven't in a while. Because uh, I was... It's hard to watch. It is. And, like, I would try to watch, you know, WWE for a while. But, like, the stories that they had going on and stuff, I just didn't think were good. And I didn't want to put my time into it. But I occasionally mm-hmm. watch some stuff, but not like I used to. I would definitely recommend SummerSlam. It was really good. I... I... I've not really watched a Raw and SmackDown like legitimately the whole thing often, but dude, SummerSlam really did good. And um, Dominic versus Seth Rollins probably the show stealer of the match. I I honestly believe it was very, as a storytelling standpoint, you couldn't get any better. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, uh, if anything, just check that match out. Uh, I was really upset with Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose for the good storytelling that they had. The match did not go to that limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a match like that, you got to go stiff. Like you have to make that, even if you're not wrestling in front of a crowd. Which I will definitely praise them on the Thunderdome. Great job. Uh, I know the NBA probably first came up with the idea for the crowd just to be virtual type scenario, but dude, it makes it look so much better than just seeing nobody or just seeing the NXT roster as fan base there. I mean, it looks more presentable, and I wish they would have done it for WrestleMania. But, I mean, they're still doing what they can. Uh, What's what's your viewpoints on AEW? Um, I think that, I mean, honestly, it's – really good i think that it probably is end up gonna be like as big as wwe one day i think it's just gonna take a couple years to get there because they got a good roster they just gotta get you know they gotta get their flow going i mean i watched i watched some of them and i actually went to a show uh me solo and a couple of his friends we went to i think the very first one that they did at the Daily's place Mm -hmm. and i wasn't that impressed and uh, I guess it was just because I couldn't – I didn't know the guys. Some of them we knew from, obviously, the independent circuit. But that one guy that I remember stood out the most for me was um, – I think it's Kip, the the guy that kind of looks like Finn Balor look type scenario. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking and, about. And I looked at my – and I looked at Solo and I told him, I was like, man, this guy ain't getting no pop or anything. He's supposed to be the big-time baby face in this match. He was wrestling Adam Page. And um, Adam Page didn't really please me in that match. And I was just like, man, this guy's going to have to damn near kill himself on a, on a spot just for the crowd to get a reaction. And needless to say, he's on the top rope doing a 360 somersault on Adam Page, and Page barely caught him. And, I mean, I looked at it, and I told Solo, I said, see? And, and obviously the crowd went into it just because that scenario. And it was just like, man, that sucks for that. Because you did all that match, and they went about 15 minutes, dude. Literally about 15 minutes. And the only thing you heard a reaction on is when he did that, that spot. And I was just like, man, this, this was one reason why I had to kind of, like, look back and go, Am I doing the right choice staying, or or is it kind of time for me to actually ride off in the sunset, what we like to call in wrestling? Yeah. And um, I was I was more impressed with the guys that came out of WWE for AEW. Uh, 
I, I didn't really know anybody, but I was really high on the Cody Rhodes. I love the gimmick that he has right now. Yeah. I yeah. wish if he did come back to WWE, that would have been it. He would have had to been that character. Mm-hmm. His music, I absolutely love. I absolutely love that song. It, it completely, it's him. Perfect gimmick. I don't believe he should have dyed his hair, but hey, people, I guess he wanted to look like his dad in some ways. But I love the fact that him and Goldust, I'm obviously his brother, having that match that they had one-on-one, I was so blown away. Such a good storytelling match. Yeah. I haven't seen a really, really good Dustin Rhodes match in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was finally, I was so happy to see that match for him. And obviously Jericho, Jericho is Chris Jericho. Yeah. Regardless of where he yeah. goes, he's going to be the GOAT. I'm sorry. That man is the guy. <laughs> well, I know that uh, but, Kenny Omega's out there now, so. I, that's the thing. I, like, I just felt like Kenny Omega tried so much. And I feel like he's trying to see himself as that John Cena persona. He's a great – don't get me wrong. He's a great wrestler. Uh, but I feel like – I just – I don't like the vibe that he gives in the match. Uh, when he does his New Japan matches, obviously it's going to be a lot of spot involved. Mm-hmm. And when he did his AEW gig, I just wasn't really there for Kenny Omega. Like – I know a lot of people are going to look at me and go, oh, you're just a WWE guy, but I've always been a WWE. But there's the select few I like in AEW, but it's not the newer guys. Uh, the what's the tag team that's like uh, Street Profits on AEW, I really like them. Uh, but those were like the only guys that really stand out. And MGF, uh, MJF, I, you can't get any better heel right now than that stuff with them. Uh, but, I mean, still, a lot of those guys just still did not really stand out for me. Uh, that's how I am on it. I mean, is WWE doing great jobs on shows right now? No, but they're still giving us something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, obviously, they're getting tested every time. I still believe AEW kind of had to try to do a personal thing about doing their Saturday night dynamite on the NXT taping mm-hmm. Saturday, but NXT excelled very well. If you want to watch a really good show, I think the NXT show that they just had was very I mean, in my opinion, like NXT's always done better storytelling and better shows than main roster has always. Because I see that they get a lot of freedom yeah. to their characters. And obviously, I see that now on Raw and SmackDown, the NXT guys now are getting their freedom in it, like Street Profits. When they first started coming out, a lot of people weren't behind them at first. But now, everybody's seen that thing that they did with, uh, what's that tag team? Gosh, Viking Raiders. Uh, I've never been a big fan of them, but they got my respect from what they gave and those series of matches with Street Profits, even them playing the basketball game and stuff, that showed a character standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it was entertaining. It was really entertaining. Yeah, I definitely understand but that. The Street Profits, those are my guys. I I love that tag team. Uh, you can't get any more creative than Montez. <laughs> I, that's just my opinion. Uh, my favorite guy right now in WWE, hands down, has got to be Randy Orton. Randy Orton is excelling way higher than he did when he was the quote-unquote the first legend killer. And I love that he brought that character back. And, dude, only in matters of time that he's going to have that title. Only in matters of time. And so who who do you really, really behind so far in the modern-day era of wrestling? Um, right now, like I was a, a, a big fan of Seth Rollins and then this new turn that his character kind of took, I'm kind of like over it, you know, because it was uh-huh. we, we've done this before, you know, we, we've had this character of Seth Rollins when he was, you know, Triple H's little puppy. Like we saw this. Like, I think this is more of an adapt version. It is. Yeah, I, I kind of like it because he's 
he's putting a lot into this character. And I think with the tag team he has with Blake Murphy and big shout out to Alex uh, Austin Theory, man. I I was in some shows with him on the independent circuit, and it's it's crazy to believe his first debuted in WWE, and he's already and he's already had a WrestleMania show and a win. Add that in, and um, I I love that they're putting a lot into it. I've always said Seth Rollins was not a baby face. I've always said. Just the guy, he reminds me of a CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, you, you watch him, you just hate him. But it's in the storytelling standpoint, like you're always watching the show to see who's going to finally kick their, kick mm-hmm. their, you know what. Sure. <laughs> Trying to watch the language on podcasts, you know, I've kind of been told, hey, lower down the custom. So we're going to see if this works. <laughs> but all right, Keegan, so. You want to finish off anything? Uh, so tell me, what was your final experience with wrestling? What do you miss? And if someone's really trying to pursue this, what what are the things that you believe that they need to do? So my my final experience in wrestling was it was a good one. You know, I got to finish out a, a show just clean. It was a nice clean break, and then it was just I, I don't have anything to complain about how the how my wrestling career ended. You know, it was good. Uh-huh. Um, really, if someone wants to get into wrestling, I would, I would, and you've, you've talked about it earlier in this podcast, you know, just get to a training school, learn the basics. Cause like, if you don't learn up from the ground up, the psychology that needs to get, happen while you're in the ring, then you're not going to be able to sell a show like you should. You're not going to be able to sell a story, right. which is the most important uh-huh. thing. That's, that's what you're selling is a story. Yeah. Uh, what do you miss about wrestling? What do you miss about uh, being in the I miss it all, man. Uh, I wish I could go back. I just, you know, being in there with with you and all the other guys, just taking bumps. You know, it that shit hurts. There's there's no way around it. It, it hurts, <laughs> but it's always worth it. It's a good time. Uh, I I miss it, but I don't think I'll ever be able to get back out there. Yeah. Um. It. How long has it been since you've been out? Of um, I want to say about four years now. Oh, oh yeah, God. three, four three years? and some change. Dude, I I've only been out for two, which I know is hard to believe because I remember people told me like, and I even had Les on here, and he's like, "I'm sure one day you're going to go back." And I'm just like, I doubt it. <laughs> My body is just like, yeah. We finally fixed it, and basically, you're able to up and move and not get out of the bed and be sore all the time anymore. My neck, it's not like it locks on me anymore. So it's just like, yeah, I look like I can get back in the ring. I'm probably in better shape than I was when I first started wrestling, but that's because I'm out yeah. of the ring. <laughs> a lot of people don't what yeah, it does. You only get to a you. certain amount of bumps in your lifetime, and after you hit that point, there's nothing else you can do. And some mm-hmm. some people push I, it, I, and then that's where you get people who can barely walk anymore, like Mick Foley. That man can barely walk. It's because it's he pushed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Keegan, I appreciate you doing this, man. Um, I'm going to need you to post. I'm going to need you to send me a picture of uh, you with your Duke Stance character because I don't know if I have any of it, and we're going to publish that on with the episode okay. as well. Because you know what, I'm gonna have my first cuss word on it. The shit was famous. It, it really was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll I'll try to find a picture. Uh, I don't have one, honestly. All right, man. I appreciate you doing this, and um, I hope we'll definitely have to do this again, man. Uh, it was a lot of fun catching up with you. Uh, one thing I wanted to say for you, man. I know you didn't have a very longevity standpoint in wrestling, but dude, you came in there open-minded. You learned a lot. You busted your butt every time you were in the ring. Uh, you never complained, which I, you got my respect on that part. You never came in there and complained about something. You always asked for help. You always, you were always not telling somebody, Hey, I could do this better, but you, you listened to what you needed to do to get yourself through it. And, man, 
you might have a short wrestling career, but dude, it was an honor to actually yeah, share the ring. It was an honor uh, to do it with you too. It was, it was a great time. I'll never forget it. That's for sure. Oh yeah, man. Uh, it's it's crazy to believe that we've been out of it so long, but man, it was such a fun time. And do I miss it? You bet your butt. I know you miss it, but life doesn't get any younger for us. <laughs> but it was a great experience, and Keegan, I appreciate you doing this, and you too, hope man. you have a good day, man. All right, later. To being the new member of the Rasp Rebellion, I want everyone to go to the website, Rep Sports, R-E-P-P, sports.com and get 15% off on your first purchase if you do the promo code AP2420 and you have to type in the capital letters of AP2420 and like I said you get 15% off I know with the hard times in quarantine honestly supplements are going to be the best way to go they've got BCAs they have the energy drinks they have pre-workouts uh, whey proteins and stuff I would love everyone to go to repsports.com to get and use the promo code AP2420, which is capital letters AP2420, to get 15% off on your first purchase. Thank y'all. All right, time to get going home here. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Keegan Murphy coming on today, just having a good chat with us, talking about the good old professional wrestling days and his experiences, his matches. And just what his opinion on all of it is. And um, just an awesome chat. Um, hope everyone has a good weekend. Like I said, we are opening up season two. And later on tonight, I will be publishing Marcus, Jerry, and my chat on the NFL playoffs. So y'all stay tuned to that. But let's finish it off like we always do. Everybody have a good weekend. It's, it's here. Let's enjoy it. Hope everyone washes his hands. Stay safe. Stay clean. Do what you got to do. Protect what you got. And I will be back when I have more bzzz down the road. Later.